The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. President Trump is fighting to keep his financial documents secret in several courts. The D.C. Court of Appeals is the first appellate court to hear arguments over those financial documents. Trump is asking the court to overturn a trial judge's decision allowing the House Oversight and Reform Committee to demand information from his accountants. Joining me is Stephen Schwinn, a professor at John Marshall Law School. Stephen, what were the key points, the highlights in the arguments of both sides? Hi, good afternoon, June. Sure. So President Trump came in and argued first that the committee lacks a legitimate legislative purpose in requesting the documents. Second, that the committee was engaged in law enforcement as opposed to lawmaking in violation of separation of powers principles. Third, that the committee didn't have a clear statement that its investigatory authority ran to the president as opposed merely to the executive branch more generally. On the other side, what the House said is, look, we're seeking to enforce financial disclosure laws, conflict of interest laws, ethics and government laws, and even the emoluments clause in the Constitution. And we're looking to legislate in those areas. So what they said is we need information about the president's financial history in order to help us do that. Observers say that two of the judges on the panel appeared skeptical of Trump's argument, two out of three. In your opinion, which side has the better arguments? Oh, I think the House of Representatives by far has the the better arguments here. And I agree with the assessment that two out of three seemed favorable to the House arguments and in some cases downright hostile to President Trump's arguments. But as to that third judge, Judge Rao, um, it's not entirely clear to me that she's going to go with the president, even though she seemed more favorable to the president's positions. She's the most recent appointee appointed by President Trump. So what kind of an impact could decisions in these cases that are pending have on the balance of power between the executive and legislative branches? That's a fantastic question and a really important one, certainly weighing on the judges' minds. First off, I expect that these opinions will go up to the Supreme Court. So these lower court opinions are probably not the final say on this. But even if they are, what this could mean if they ruled for President Trump is that Congress has substantially less investigatory power than it did before the cases. If they rule instead for the House of Representatives, I think basically it's going to be the status quo, and eventually we'll see these financial documents from President Trump's accountants, but that won't really change the status quo in terms of separation of powers. Do you have any idea or, you know, inkling as to which way the Supreme Court justices might go on this? 
another fantastic question, and I really have no idea. I uh, have given up guessing which way the Supreme Court is going to go in any particular kind of case. I do think that the lower courts and the Supreme Court will probably view the sweep of the subpoena somewhat skeptically, even if they don't view Congress's subpoena power skeptically. And what I mean by that is the subpoena seeks 10 years of financial records, many of which predate President Trump's ascension to office. And it's not obvious, even a couple of the judges on on Friday's panel suggested that it's not obvious why Congress would be interested in information before President Trump became president in order to legislate about ethics and government for a president. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. So, Stephen, the district court judge who ruled in this case below and sided with the House, he cited Watergate and other historical moments. But is there any precedent in the Watergate or Whitewater investigations for getting this kind of information? Well, yes and no. So both of those investigations suggest that Congress does have sweeping and quite broad investigatory authority on the one hand. On the other hand, those cases can be distinguishable when we get into the weeds, and what we're presented with here is really an unprecedented kind of situation. So while those cases do stand for broad congressional authority to investigate the president and other aspects of the executive branch, they can be distinguished as well, and I think it's going to depend on how a judge views those in relationship to this case as to whether they're precedential. So in a separate case in New York, the president and his family are trying to stop one of their largest lenders, Deutsche Bank, from complying with a congressional subpoena, and Capital One as well. And the president has appealed that ruling because a judge there also sided with the House Are the issues in that case basically the same as the issues in the D.C. case? They're almost identical. There is one additional argument in the Second Circuit that President Trump is making. There's a federal law called the Right to Financial Privacy Act, and some question about whether this act applies when Congress requests information. The act provides some privacy protections against government inquiries, And the question is, does a congressional investigation constitute a government inquiry that would trigger those privacy protections under the act? So that's the additional question in the Second Circuit case, but otherwise the arguments are virtually the same. There was also a subpoena of the Treasury Secretary, Stephen Mnuchin, under a specific provision of the law. Is that a stronger case? Well, I actually think it's a somewhat weaker case for the President, I think it's a stronger case for Congress because the statute is just so crystal clear on this. Now, the president is making very similar arguments in that case about the lack of a legitimate legislative purpose, separation of powers issues that arise when Congress seeks to poke its nose into uh, the goings-on of the president. 
But I think the president has a weak case in the D.C. Circuit and in the Second Circuit. I think the president actually has a weaker case with regard to the tax returns in the IRS case. Well, we shall see and how long all this takes. I know that in this case, the court is expediting its decision, but there are all the appeals. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Stephen Schwinn. He's a professor at John Marshall Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.